This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here we go. Let's start the marathon shows. We go till 5 a.m. Not sure how exactly that goes. We get a little rosy for 20 minutes, and here I am for five hours. Rosie, where do you get off with that? No, but, uh, of course, following the Monday Night Football. Look, couple things. First and foremost, I was on, for those of you who don't know, you tune in on Monday night, which I get. You know, your work week starts on Monday like normal people. Well, mine starts technically Sunday night into Monday morning. So yesterday's show was recapping, you know, the Yankees getting swept. So for me, I mean, we could get into that if you'd like, if you're still recovering from it, Yankee fans, 877-337-6666, which is sad to me that we now sign on officially, and I know yesterday it ended, but in the day after, baseball season's over in New York, and now it's about looking forward to which, you know, these two teams are going to have a big offseason here ahead, and first and foremost, you know, at least you know what the Mets things are going to remain in order. It's just a matter of who's coming back, who they're going to go out there and sign, what trades they're going to make. Well, the Yankees, you have no idea what's going to happen. We assume that it's going to stand pat because why would you expect anything else from Al? Hal likes it the way that it is. Do you know the definition of insanity? Mm-hmm. I think you do. Well, the Yankees have become insane. They are not. I know I'm brainwashed because I lived through the 90s. They are not. The Yankees that I grew up hating. Far from it, as a matter of fact. I like these Yankees. They're likable. They're soft. They don't really care about going all in to win. Hey, they'll try. They'll make the postseason year in, year out. But if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Extend Brian Cashman. Extend Aaron Boone. Bring them all back. Keep Claire Torres. Keep John Carlos Stanton. Sign Aaron Judge. Bring them all back. Bring up some youngsters from the minors. These Yankees are nice. You can't hate these Yankees. The Yankees that we used to hate were the Yankees that would go out there and say, we just lost in the ALCS? What? Unacceptable. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Go get me that player, that player, this player, and that player. That's what I knew the Yankees to be. And as much as I'm brainwashed from that, 
They're not that anymore. And I think I've seen enough now to where maybe the brainwash will go away. They just don't operate like that anymore. Right or wrong, good or bad, they don't operate like that anymore. And guess what? The results have shown. Yeah, they make the playoffs every year. They do nothing with it. They haven't done anything with it since 2009. uh, Since 2009, even teams like the Mets get lucky. Back in 2015, making it to the World Series, Yankees haven't even had that. What's the excuse? Well, the Astros are cheaters, or this, or that, or the excuses. They haven't been good enough, and nobody wants to change. They're not good enough. So then we could expect the same thing again next year. Just like I said last year. Notice the pattern here. It's the same thing on repeat. Last year after the season, we said change is needed. They need a new vision. Get rid of Cashman. Obviously, Boone was going to be let go. Bring in somebody new. Not that Cashman's not any good. Not that it's going to be easy to find somebody It's great. Somebody different. And what'd they do? They doubled down on Cashman and extended Boone. Okay. And what happened? The same result. Team not good enough. Matter of fact, they got exposed in the postseason, where the margin now between them and the Astros is even greater than we thought. Back to the old drawing board. And before you can even think about Aaron Judge, they need to figure out what they're doing as far as the front office goes. And if they bring back Brian Cashman and he wants to retain Boone, and I think he will. I mean, the only way Boone goes is if Hal steps in and says, we need to change the manager. Cash, you could say, but we need to change the manager. And at that point, I'd have no respect for Cashman if he said, okay. What he should say is he stays, I stay, or we both go. Because he brought Boone here. He believes in him. Can't have Boone being the scapegoat here. It's both or none. This is not Aaron Boone's fault. But anyway, I need to see what Hal is going to do here. That's what we're waiting on. Whenever that announcement comes, whether it's later on today, tomorrow, at some point this week, next week, Yes, we're bringing back Cashman and Boone. Or, you know what? We've decided to make a change and shake things up. Then and only then will there be excitement in Yankee Land because then it'll give you hope that maybe, just maybe, Hal will start to operate like the hated Yankees used to. I'm not holding my breath. I don't believe it's going to happen. I'm just saying that there's always that possibility until he says, no, these guys are coming back. We've extended Brian Cashman for another 30 years, and we've, you know, we're, we're backing Aaron Boone. Now, I didn't really want to get into all the Yankee stuff to start the show. I wanted to do some football, and there's a lot to get to with the football. We didn't do any of it on yesterday's show. And the first thing, by the way, we'll take your calls on whatever. It's up for grabs tonight. I mean, we got five hours to fill. You could talk about, call and talk about the Yankees, the Mets. We'll get to the Jets and Giants. I'll even get into the Knicks a little bit. I watched that game. Last night, and you could tell that Jalen Brunson has made a significant difference already. Not that we're going to be talking about the Knicks and the postseason or a championship anytime soon. However, there is excitement, at least from my perspective, around the Knicks that hasn't been there in years. I know they had a good year a couple years ago, but this is a little different. I feel like they could be a legitimate basketball team. How far they could go, who the hell knows? Not very far, but they're legitimate because they actually have a point guard. Anyway, back to the football. It sucks. Veritaka out for the year. That one hurts more than Brees Hall. It's, you know, the Brees Hall one loses excitement. The guy's a a big-time playmaker. I mean, any offensive skill position player like that, you lose him, it's going to suck. But Veritaka is the bigger blow for the team. You cannot replace Elijah Veritaka. He's been arguably their best player on the field. So that'll be a tough one. 
And it stinks coming where you look at the Jets being one of the better teams or at least having one of the better records in the AFC or in the NFL, 5-2. and two. I mean, in the NFL, and maybe we could get into this too and recap week seven, but my goodness, the parody, it drives me nuts. I don't know about you. I feel like it's, it, it, to me, it's too much. I want some teams to start to separate themselves, and we don't really have that. But even at 5-2 and two for the Jets, I don't feel like they're as good as people are saying they are. Now, I'm a Jets supporter. I support both the Jets and the Giants, but I've always been a believer in this team. I didn't think the Giants would be very good this year. I liked Abel, but we're going to, you know, this was a feel-it-out type year. With the Jets, you know, I remember even Jerry and I, when I filled in for Boomer and Geo with Jerry, we had Ian Eagle on. I was saying, I don't know, the Jets, you look at their roster, they're stacked. They could make a postseason run here. They have a playoff roster. What are they going to do with it? And then they come out of the gate and looked awful, and I was like, here we go again. But I still, even though I'm a Jets backer, and even though they're 5-2, and two, which is somehow extremely hard to believe, 5-2, and two, I'm going to keep saying it so I can make myself believe it. The Jets are 5-2. and two. The New York Jets are 5-2 and two to start this year. Injuries aside, I still don't believe it. I believe the defense has shown improvement. I love the corners. How could you not? I mean, especially Sauce. He's going to become everybody's favorite. Love the pick at number four. I mean, one of my favorite things in football is a shutdown corner. I mean, I grew up loving Deion Sanders, so that's right up my alley. So I love the corners. I love, I mean, Quentin Williams has been an absolute beast. Really, the defense as a whole has been terrific for the Jets, and it's improved week in, week out. Am I at the point where I think that that can carry them to the success that they had under Rex in 2009, 2010? I'm not there yet. And I'm also struggling, and I love Zach Wilson, am a big believer in Zach Wilson. But I'm struggling to really believe in him or this offense or this team because... As much as I love running the football, and I love that they've gone, you know, where they run the football the majority of the time, and they've had success doing it. Now, obviously, that may change here. Look, they bring in Robinson from the Jaguars, which should help out Michael Carter as well. It's going to be a different attack than it was with Brees Hall. But they still should be able to run the football. But they need to get to that next step, to be able to be looked at. When you look at the top teams in the AFC, to be able to be taken seriously, you need to be able to throw the football. And they do have weapons, but they, they're they off. Wilson wasn't very good last game. He hasn't been great since coming back. He's been okay and has had some moments, fourth quarter, whatever. But he's got to become a consistent performer for me to believe in the Jets. Which is funny because two, three weeks ago, what I was saying was the best head coach quarterback combination in this town was Brian Dable and Zach Wilson. And if you ask me now, after the conclusion of Week 7, I would say that it's Brian Dable and Daniel Jones. I think we've now gotten to the point where, and I said this a couple weeks ago with Jones, where, you know what, maybe it's not so bad. When you look around the league and the rest of the quarterback play around the league, not very good. Not a lot of good quarterbacks out there. Even some of the ones who you thought would be good are not very good. Whether that be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. We'll get into all that in a little bit. But 
the quarterback play, Matthew Stafford, the quarterback play overall, Kyler Murray. Think about the quarterbacks around the NFL right now. There aren't many good ones. Daniel Jones, even as iffy and mediocre as we thought he may be, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. And doing it with his legs more so than the arm, but the balance between the two, hey, maybe Brian Dable can turn him into a poor man's version of Josh Allen. But the point is, I think there's more legitimacy to what the Giants are doing because of the better coaching, because there's consistency to it, even though they don't have as much talent, and even though their greatest strength is not as good as the Jets' greatest strength, I think if you tell me to pick a part of the de- the teams where I think is best between both the Jets and Giants, it's the Jets' defense. That is the greatest strength between both the teams. Individuals, you, you know, you can pick out certain players or the head coach or whatever, but as far as the team strength, Between those two teams, which one is the greatest strength? I would say the Jets' defense. But the Giants are just more sound, more consistent. And I think that's from the head coach and from the quarterback. And you could say that they have a soft schedule, and they're in the weaker conference. They are. And I don't believe in them as a legitimate threat in reality go to the Super Bowl. However, maybe I'm wrong on that. I mean, do I believe in the Vikings? No. Anybody from the South? No. Anybody from the West? No. I mean, I like the Niners, but they're three and four. And they got beat by the Atlanta Falcons pretty handily a couple weeks ago. So even as much as I like them, I don't think Christian McCaffrey all of a sudden is going to make a big difference with San Francisco. I think that they have limitations with Jimmy G. They were my preseason pick. I'd probably say Packers stink. I mean, who in the NFC right now stands out to you? It's the three teams in the NFC East looking like the NL East. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants in no particular order. Giants have the 6-1 and one record. Dallas is only 5-2, and two, but the Cowboys did beat the Giants head-to-head. And I guess until we see the Giants get some division wins, maybe... I need to wait before we you know, really buy into them. But they have as good a chance as anybody the way that they're playing right now. It's, it's hard for me to fathom. I don't really believe truly deep down. This is not me being a hater. I'm just saying in reality, I don't believe that the Jets and Giants are this good. But you look at it, am I wrong? I don't know. Could be. Certainly in the NFC, at least in the AFC, you say, well, there's a lot more competition for the Jets. They're going to have to pick it up another notch. But, I mean, through seven weeks, the Jets have won four games in a row here. Same as the Giants, 6-1 and one and 5-2. and two. Maybe they are better than we give them credit for. Long way to go, as Sala said today. I heard Sala do a radio interview, and he was saying that, you know, there really is no time to enjoy it. These wins are tough. But you know that it's going to be right on to the next one. And that's the truth. You can't sit there and celebrate five and two. You got to keep it going. You got six, seven more wins to get here. Not going to be easy, especially now without the, you know, without Vera Tucker, without Brees Hall. But we'll see. They As they continue to try to prove everybody, whether you're a fan of the team or not, they try to prove all the doubters wrong. 
So, Yankees, you want to get in on that and still recover, lick your wounds from, you know, last night. I don't know if you guys got any sleep last night. I sleep last night. It was a rough night. I'm sorry. I just I keep doing that. I don't understand why I can't get that. It was a tough night to sleep, sleep last night after the sweep by the Houston Astros. And, of course, the football on this now Tuesday morning as we recap week seven with the Jets and Giants with proving everybody wrong through seven weeks. Even the biggest Jets or Giants supporters, I'm not sure that they saw this coming. And the odds would tell you Giants win total was at seven, Jets was at five and a half. I mean, they're there right now. One week, one went away, one week from that. Remarkable. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. What a Monday Night Football game with the Pats and Bears, where the Bears just destroyed the Pats. And I was reading some stuff about Justin Fields. He looked okay. I mean, he looked good running the football, but still does some things that make you nuts. And he's a young quarterback, and hopefully he can learn. But you do wonder when you see an offensive outburst uh, like that against a Bill Belichick defense, usually that doesn't happen with a young quarterback. Justin Fields has the skill set. And you wonder how, you know, if he could ever put it together completely, Chicago, all of a sudden, things can change there. I don't know what's going on with the NFL anymore. It's totally different from even five years ago, five, ten years ago. The the game has evolved and it's changed so much now and there's so much parity. Who the hell knows what to believe? Where all of a sudden you don't have to win with great quarterbacks anymore. You don't even need a great defense. And nobody really is separating themselves. All these teams are the same. I don't look at the Eagles 6-0 with some great team. I don't look at the Vikings as some great team at 5-1. and even the Chiefs, 5-2. and two. All right, Chiefs and Bills would be the two teams, if you were to say, that are above everybody else. After that, it's every team for themselves. The Ravens aren't any good. The Bengals, I mean, they're whatever. The Titans, they're all in that bunch of, eh, they're okay teams. Bizarre. Just bizarre what's gone on with the NFL, where it's at. And you look at some of the, the NFC in particular. The NFC West is outside of the Niners, who are 3-4. and four is basically worthless. 
The NFC South, worthless. And I think the Falcons are going to end up winning that division. They're the best coach team in that division. They play hard. May not have any talent, but they play hard. NFC North, I mean, are the Packers better than the the are the Bears better than the Packers this year? Is that how bad? How the hell does Green Bay lose to Washington? Green Bay has lost to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders three straight weeks. Woof. Still love it, though. 877-337-6666. Jerry's in White Plains. What's up, Jerry? Hey, Sal. First time, long time. Happy to be here talking to you. Um, I got a few things to quickly I want to get off my chest. Number one, the, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I, have no, I had no faith that we were going to go far this year. I was one of the few that would get pounced, pounced on by all my friends. Everybody would tell me I was being too, too negative. But I, last year, we were in the same situation. We got knocked out. I think it was, I believe, in the wild card. Mm-hmm. And, the only, and the only improvements that we got was Kiner Falefa and Donaldson. So my outlook for, and Trevino, my outlook for this year is that we're going to, I think we are going to re-sign Judge, but we're going to sign Jose Abreu, 36 years old, to play first base. Instead of going after Trey Turner or Correa or Bogarts to, to a shortstop until we get Volpe, what we're going to do is we're going to re, we're going to keep the team as presently constructed or maybe even ask, uh, some uh, um, or maybe ask uh, somebody else to move their positions. Uh, maybe have Cabrera play, Cabrera play shortstop. We're not going to go after no pitching. We're not going to go after no closer. We're going to try to resign. Le- We're going to try to spin the the narrative that Lemayhew is going to come back. We're going to try to get Benintendi back on a cheap deal, and that will be the New York Yankees coming into next year. Well, I mean, I, have no- I, I know you're being yeah. um, you're exaggerating and being a bit facetious, but Jerry, uh, there is also some truth to what you're saying. The Yankees don't operate the way that the Yankees used to. They're different now. Mm-hmm. So instead of us saying, if this were 2010, let's say, or whatever, 2008, and the Yankees were coming off of what they went through in 2008, remember they went out there and got to Shara and Sabathia and Burnett, yep. but if that were this year, the response would be, a, fire Cashman and Boone. B, go out there and sign Trey Turner for starters, potentially Jacob deGrom as well. Obviously, re-sign Aaron Judge. They would be making these big moves to create massive change. That's what the Yankees were great at. Now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the Yankees want to act like the Rays. They're not the Rays. You're right. the Yankees. Start acting like it. Right, and it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because I grew up in that era, and it's so frustrating, and I'm I missed it, and I was just telling my friend today, this made me appreciate not only what we had back then, but it made me also appreciate A-Rod and Matsui, because if I would have known that was the last time we were going to be champions, then I would have appreciated that a little more back then. Yeah, and and the Yankees and their fans act like they're the Yankees of old. They're not. They're they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they are the New York Yankees, the winningest franchise in you know baseball, whatever it may be. But they have not acted like it. So I don't want to nope. hear it from the fans who think that the Yankees are. The, they haven't been in quite some time. That's it. It's been a while. It's been a while. And then really quickly, just on my Jets, I am I I agree with everything you said about Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has a lot of potential. But I haven't I haven't seen enough from Wilson. Even granted, he's only been back for what four games. I haven't seen enough from Wilson to feel confident yet that he's my franchise quarterback moving forward. I do think it's a blessing in disguise, even though I'm going to miss Hall, because now the now LaFleur can't rely so heavily on the offense, on the run game. And we, we get to see a little bit, hopefully, the shackles taken off of Zach Wilson, and we get to see if this yeah, guy's going to be the franchise QB. I understand that point, Jerry, and thank you for the call. 
look, there is no blessing in disguise losing Brees Hall like this. This is a horrific injury that is likely going to impact him next year as well. So you hate to say it, you don't know if he's ever going to be the same. I mean, that's we've seen this before. And if he is going to be the same, it might not be until year three. So it sucks. And I get what you're saying. This is not the way that you want to see it. Now, we can't, or maybe I should say, I can't come on here and complain about LaFleur running the football too much when I've come on plenty of times and said, why are they throwing the football all over the place? Stop throwing the football. 59 times with Joe Flacco. What are you, insane? But there's got to be a better balance because you have to know that you can win a football game with Zach Wilson slinging it. Put it this way. We're going to find out. It's not going to be every week where the Jets just go run the football down the opponent's throat, play great defense, and Wilson could be a game manager. At some point, they'll be down late. Uh, you know, They'll be down big in, at the half, whatever it may be. They're going to have to open things up with Wilson. And I'm excited to find out because I do believe in him. But he has not looked good the last couple of games overall. And I don't think it's just because of the restrictions on him. Rich is calling from Pennsylvania. What's up, Rich? Hey, good morning, Sal. Um, I saw a stat last night uh, for the Yankees. Um, uh, I forget who gave it. Um, but it was after the game, and he said, uh, since the All-Star breaker, the last 101 games, the Yankees were 50 and 51. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't, it didn't surprise me because they couldn't hit. There's many times during this second half after the All-Star break where they were shut out or they had one run or two, and it, w- it was Judge that gave the runs. So the, they fell into this funk a lot during the second half after the All-Star break, and I agree. We're not the old Yankees. I go back further than you. I remember we had a spokesman, and it was the boss. And I'll never forget, when he lost in 97, like I was so heartbroken against the Cleveland Indians. I remember Sandy Alomar Jr. Yeah, and Steinbrenner came out, and he was so sorry to the fans. He said, listen, I'm so sorry. This is going to change. And he said, I promise you, I'm com- I'm going to Tampa tomorrow, and we're not leaving there until we get this fixed. <laughs> and he was right. We went on to win three World Series in a row. We were in five of them in a row. And there's no spokesman anymore for the Yankees. I don't know where they go now. There's going to be a big change. I mean, it is a change with the shift and the bags being bigger. Some teams are built for that for next year. They just need some bullpen work. And uh, and I'm kind of re- referenced the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, very fast, uh, get hit. And the Yankees need that. They need p- contact hitters next year. How they're going to make these moves. And I don't really blame Boone. They, they need a lot more than just contact hitters, though. And I think it starts with, before you start worrying about the roster construction, I want to know who's putting it together. Is Cashman coming back, yes or no? Because if he is, why then, Rich, would you have any faith, regardless of what moves they make, why would you have any faith that there's going to be any different? No, you're exactly right. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, nobody's coming out going to say anything, and this is going to linger. You're right. Is Cashman coming back? Is Boone coming back? I don't know what the Yankees plan. Like, we're all left in the dark now because there is no spokesman anymore. So, it, well, it, they, it will come out, they will come out and, you know, address the media at some point, the season-ending thing. And we saw that with Epler and Buck a couple of days or maybe a week after the Mets got bounced. So we'll see it with the Yankees eventually. Right now they're licking their wounds. They're figuring it out. I mean, I'm sure that ownership is 
at least thinking about all their possible options here. But, I mean, I would fully expect Brian Cashman is going to be back, and I would fully expect Aaron Boone is going to be back, and they're going to try one more time to try to you know, build a team that could compete potentially with the Astros, and guess what's going to happen? They're not going to. They're going to fail. Unless you have both those guys back, and you see all of a sudden the Yankees start spending like they did in 2009, Trey Turner, DeGrom, whatever, go get the go get Edwin Diaz. I mean, if we could talk about the Mets potentially going after Aaron Judge, why can't the Yankees go get Edwin Diaz? They could use a closer. Go get Edwin Diaz. Go get Jacob DeGrom. Go bring back Aaron Judge. Go get Trey Turner. That's what the old Yankees would do. Right. How, how's it going to change the analytics, you think, with the shift and with the bigger bags? Like, how, how do you think it's going to shift baseball? How, how do you think they're going to change it next year? What are they going to be looking for? You mean as far as when you're trying to construct a team and put hitters together? Exactly. I mean, it's a good question, but I don't know, Rich, if it's going to be that much different. I don't think it – because think about it this way, and thank you for the call. If the shift being in play did not force teams to get better hitters, then I don't think having the shift removed – will force teams to get better hitters. The theory was just, I don't care if they shift, I don't care if they do this or that, I don't care if you strike out, hit the ball over the fence. Launch angle, launch angle, launch angle. I don't, I mean, is that going to change now? With the shift not being a thing? I don't believe so. What I believe is that when balls are put in play, it's going to be better for the game than it was with the shift being a thing. It's not about, oh, well, now we have to get hitters that make contact as opposed to striking out. I don't feel like that's going to be the change. The change will be in the result of balls that are actually hit in play, maybe resulting in more base hits than outs because you get five fielders on one, you know, on, on one side of the base. So I'm not sure how the philosophy would change. And you saw the Yankees try to put more of an emphasis on defense. I mean, it was a minimal effort, but at least they did try to put more of an emphasis on defense. And the the Harrison Bader trade, which everybody knocked and questioned at the time, that trade was brilliant, not just because Bader went nuts in the postseason, but because you look at the free agent market for outfielders this year. It's not very good. It's why the Yanks have to bring Judge back and why the Mets need to, in all likelihood, sign... Resign Brandon Nimmo. Center fielders in particular are hard to come by. So you get a center fielder like Bader that can be a a dirt dog, a gamer, a guy who's going to be a great defensive player and obviously be able to put the bat on the ball and hit in the clutch. I mean, he proved himself in this postseason with the Yankees right out of the gate. That was a great trade. But it's more to me about A, the bigger picture philosophy from Cashman, stockpiling power bats that strike out a lot, and B, sticking with moves that don't, you know, like moving Glaber Torres to shortstop, and not only doing that, which was dumb, but sticking to it. He sticks with these moves way too long. Stick into his guns with Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is a bust. Glaber Torres is a bust. And maybe the Yankees ruin him by moving him off a of second base and then moving him back. 
Bust. Clint Frazier. Bust. Not trading him or whatever. Hold it on Andujar forever. Trading for Josh Donaldson and thinking that was going to be the difference. Again, another guy who strikes out a ton but hits for power. That's what he thought was the answer. How? And he did it for Gio Urshela to boot. That's the only time the Twins have ever beaten the Yankees. That trade. Gio Urshela played excellent defense and was a clutch bat in the postseason. Josh Donaldson, while he may play excellent defense, was not clutch at all and did nothing the entire year. That was a downgrade. Kiner Falefa, the Yankees evaluated. Uh, think about this. This is what's scary about this regime. The Yankees are the same team that told you Glaber Torres was a shortstop, which he was not, clearly. Obvious from day one, at least to me. Can't speak for everybody else, but at least to me, it was obvious from day one he was not a shortstop. And then they also told you that Kiner Falefa was a gold glove shortstop. And it's obvious, and it was obvious from, if not day one, week one. He's not. Maybe a third base, sure. He's not. The metrics can say it. I'm watching it with my eyes, and that's probably where they get into trouble with these stupid gold glove awards now, where they look at the metrics and the data, and I don't even know what it means. I I could watch a baseball game and tell you if a guy's a good defender or he isn't. But yet the Yankees have trouble. The Yankees! Billion-dollar organization. They have trouble figuring out who could actually play shortstop. Josh is calling from Rockland County. What's up, Josh? You know what's going on? It's a great show. Devastating loss. Um, I'm not, I'm not blaming this on Brian Cashman. Um, I don't, I think the whole thing is on Hal Steinbrenner. He doesn't want to spend any money. If Hal says to Brian Cashman, go get Correa, go get Trey Turner, go get everyone, Jacob DeGrom, Edwin Diaz, then Brian Cashman will do it. He just doesn't have the money to do it. And now he has to play like the race. Right, but the, the Yankees do spend money. It's just that the money that they've spent... John Carlos Stanton, was it really necessary for the Yankees to trade for John Carlos Stanton? I don't care that they essentially got him for nothing. They took on the contract, and that prevented them from getting Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. Who would you rather have? Manny Machado. All right, okay. Okay, but that's the point. Or prevented them from going out there and getting other big players over the years. Last year, think about this. The New York Yankees desperately needed a shortstop. There were about 10 free agent shortstops on the market last year. The New York Yankees, who needed one and said they needed one, didn't get one of them. They instead settled for a trade for Kaina Falefa, who was not even a freaking shortstop. That's all you need to know. Don't go any further. Yes, and I would resign Ben Attendee. I would want to go for Edwin Diaz um, and Trey Turner. I think that would be enough or get another starter or something. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not go? The, look, the old Yankees would do it, Josh, and thank you for the call. And they'd stick it to the Mets to boot. And, you know, you hear some things about Steve Cohen saying, oh, I'm not going to go after Aaron Judge. You know, that's a Yankee thing. Well, what? You don't think that George would go after Edwin Diaz, Jacob DeGrom, whoever else he seed, saw fit from the Mets, if need be? If the Yankees were operating like the Yankees that I grew up hating, everybody, anybody and everybody would be and should be on their radar. Trey Turner, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer a year ago. Diaz for sure. Who's the Yankees' closer? Clay Holmes? Come on, what are you kidding me? Go get Edwin Diaz. And now it's like, oh, well, the Yankees will probably try to swing some trade to bring in a closer. 
or just upgrade from within, have Peraza play short. Peraza could be the shortstop next year. Fill the gaps that way. Run it back. Ben Rortvet will be the catcher next year. It's sad, honestly, what the Yankees have become. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, you're it's the very you know, it's infancy stages, but you're seeing the opposite take place. Where the Mets are trying to build an infrastructure that can sustain success like the top organizations in baseball. How long that will take? Will it ever happen? Who knows? I mean, you can't just say you're going to do it and then have it happen. You actually have to put people in the right places and figure out how to be able to scout the best and develop and draft well and develop well, all that, and keep churning out these prospects. So they're in the process of doing that, which is going to take some time. But while they're doing that, Steve Cohen has consistently said, we're going to spend to win now. And that's what they've done. Now, did they get the results they wanted? No. But they did go out there and spend on Starling Marte, on Max Scherzer, two guys who the Yankees could have used amongst other players. And the Mets will do the same again this offseason. It's not a matter of if they're going to spend or not. It's a matter of on who, how much, and on who. How far will they go? And with the Yankees, I feel like we've gotten to the point where we could still dream about the top names, but they just haven't done it. Is Trey Turner going to be on their radar? I would venture to say, nah. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. I'm not even going to be in on the World Series. I mean, I know I would assume that Met fans are going to be rooting for the Astros and Yankee fans are going to be rooting for the Phillies. I just, I mean, I do have interest as far as that goes. You know, you want to see it culminate here as we've been watching this the whole way through, following the National League, of course, with the Mets starting out getting eliminated in the wild card, but then keeping up with it. The Yanks all the way through to the championship series before getting swept now. I I just, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch the Astros and Phillies in the World Series. It's almost worst case scenario. For New York, it's almost worst case scenario. The friggin' Phillies, I mean, are you kidding me? At least the Astros are good. The Phillies? How are the Phillies in the World Series? Sickening. Go Astros and Whoever plays the Eagles, I have two teams that I'm rooting for. The Astros and whoever plays the Eagles. I've had enough of Philadelphia. Frauds, John is calling from Little Neck. What's up, John? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Not bad, John. What's on your mind? I just wanted to point out the most frustrating thing as a Yankee fan watching this series. Um, The lack of adjustments in the box. Like, I saw them in game four, and it was like, really? We waited till game four for Rizzo to try to shoot one the other way, for Stanton to try to hit up the middle. Um, you know, these – so my frustration is these guys are, you know, they're professional hitters. 
Donaldson, a guy who, you know, he's a seasoned veteran, okay? Mm. So even as, with as bad as how he's playing right now, he's a veteran. He's a, a lot of veterans in that lineup. In game two, when they know that the wind is coming in from right field, they make no adjustments during the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, you expect the Yankees to start making adjustments now and uh, what, plates with the wind? Hey, let's not hit the ball to right field. Let's hit it to left. I mean, the Yankees can't do that. They just hit the ball wherever it's pitched and do the best they can to try to hit it over the wall. I mean, I'm not blaming the wind either. Well, okay, w- whether we blame the wind or not, after 30 strikeouts, at what point At what point does your hitting coach... Yeah, that's what I blame for the win, by the way. The Yankees whiffing so much. I mean, that's maybe what the breeze was in Houston. The Yankees, 30 strikeouts. I mean, that isn't bad. The Yankees. Uh, I mean, look, uh, obviously, you know, LeMayhew being out and Benintendi being out, you know, we, we didn't have the depth that we wanted to there as far as batting average went. But, I mean, adjustments like Donaldson, at some point, you know, bunt, try to bunt, do something, you know? Well, like, John, Josh Donaldson's job, and the reason why he stayed in the lineup, John, two, well, two reasons. One, there was nobody better to replace him, sadly, because the Yankees have no depth. Two, he hits home runs. So they're not going to have him bunt. They want to see him with one swing of the bat change a game. Well, I, I understand that, and I see how it worked in the Guardian series, even though it took us five games. There was a game where, the, where Cleveland had ten hits. I think we had two, and we won the game. Like, I, I understand from an analytics standpoint um, that you're in scoring position if you're in the box. I understand that. But in the postseason, there's, you know, there's no stats for whether or not, you know, base tra- uh, on-base traffic is going to make your defense squirrely, you know? Mm-hmm. And so not, not having guys get on base in any capacity and just waiting for the long ball and not making any adjustments in the box when, when you're being pitched well, to. Well, or, or how about not hitting home runs? I mean, if they're built to hit home runs, why not just hit home runs? Problem solved. They didn't do that either. They didn't do anything. Well, if great pitching, if great pitching is going to obviously pitch around that, and they're not going to get – they're going to paint well, – The them. Astros hit home runs. Yeah. Well, no, I mean they they do, yeah. Right, the, the Phillies, the Phillies seem to hit home runs. The Braves hit home runs last year. The the Astros seemingly can do it all right now. And honestly, I didn't expect us with the injuries that we've had. I didn't expect us to roll in and take this series as much as I, as much mm-hmm. as I would like that. But I expected them to lose with dignity. I expected them to go five or six games. Well, where where there were at least close games. Like, these games, even the ones that were close, didn't feel close, you know? Agreed. Now, when you think of the Yankees, John, I'm assuming you're a Yankee fan your whole life, right? When you think of the Yankees, how do you value them? Don't you look at them as the mighty Yankees, right? Well, obviously, I I remember all the 90s teams, and I remember in 2009 when we we needed the one-two and they went out and got... But even before that, even before that, I mean, you know the deal, John, and thank you for the call. Growing up, it was always Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, the mighty Yankees. All right, even for me, who grew up in the 80s, they weren't great, but you remember how great the Yankees, or you were taught. I was taught from my uncles or grandfather, whoever. You're taught about the Yankee history. And in the 80s, they had some individual talent, whether it's Mattingly or Winfield or Ricky or whatever, but they never were able to put together great teams. But then once they brought back that dynasty, or not brought back, but you know, had the dynasty in the 90s, 
They were once again on top of the world. And they're looked at as the mighty Yankees. They're above everybody else. The Yankees do the intimidating. You go in and they'll ballpark, you're intimidated. You make a mistake against them, they make you pay. The Yankees were the ones who dominate. There's a free agent, they go get them. Big trade to be had, they go get them. They dominated the sport. Whether they win every year or not, they were the gold standard. And now they've reverted into the bronze bombers. Now they're not that anymore. Because the Astros beat the crap out of the Yankees. The Yankees cannot be looked at anymore as this high and mighty, greater than everyone else. I don't give a crap what happened with the 27 World Championships. You know what that means since 2009? Nada. Nothing. You're living in the past, man. means nothing. Right now, present day, the Yankees aren't on that pedestal. They're not the measurement. They don't set the bar in the sport anymore. Remember, they used to have dominance over the Red Sox, too. Poof, that's gone. They used to own this town as far as the spending goes and dominate the offseason at the very least. That's gone. With Steve Cohen here, that's changed. The Mets have been the big spenders. The Mets have been the big the big getters in free agency. Not the Yankees. And to get swept by your nemesis, a team that you were building to beat since 2017, a team that you complained and whined that they cheated. You go head-to-head and they, they mocked you, swept you, celebrated in the Yankee Stadium clubhouse, brought the brooms out, said you wanted Houston, you got Houston. They let you know they're your daddies, and it's according to Pedro Martinez. I don't really use that term, but whatever. The Yankees, the high and mighty Yankees, are no more. And don't shoot the messenger. That's just the facts. Not my problem. That's theirs. Tom is calling from North Brunswick. What's up, Tom? Um, I'm okay. I don't think I've talked to you ever since the uh, Mets uh, getting knocked out. By it's the been Padres. that long? Uh, yeah, it's been that long. I think I called the station one time. Who'd, then. who'd you talk to? Oh, it's very. I then I think Richard Near one time oh. and some uh, mm. on Saturday. How'd that go? I've been so irritated. Well, you know what, Sal? Let me just wrap up the New York baseball season, and I know Yankee fans don't want to hear this. Both teams had excellent years, and I mean, there was a time when we thought they could both meet in the World Series. They were on top of the world, and naturally, the Mets uh, disappointed, and the Yankees. Um, you know what? With all the talk about power and home runs, you have to build, and this goes for the Mets too. They lack a little power. You got to build a team with power and good hitting. You got to have like average hitters. You know, I know the uh, lately they say batting average doesn't matter, but I'd rather like a Trey Turner. I would love to see the Mets mm-hmm. get him and uh, play him at second base. So he's a 300 hitter. He drives 100 runs in. He's like a star player, and the Yankees could use him too. But you, you just can't just rely on power. you got to have good hitting, too. Remember the Yankee teams in the 90s? They didn't only rely on the home run. They, they were 290, 300 hitters, all of them. Well, they had a better balanced team. And the, the core well, yeah, players I mean, they that, were, they, they, the were, core players yeah. that they had were legends. I mean, I don't recall well, Yeah, I don't recall yeah. postseasons where Derek Jeter had what – where's the drop-off? 
from those dynasty Yankees from the regular season to the postseason. See, that's the difference. Where players like Luke Voigt in 2020 in the pandemic-shortened year was arguably the MVP of the year. In the postseason, he was invisible. Aaron Judge was the MVP this year. Postseason, nowhere near what he was. I mean, that's and that's been a pattern. Those are just two examples. That's been a pattern for a while now with this Yankees group. That's the issue. You know what? And uh, and the Mets had this trouble too. Uh, uh, the, the Yankees' lineup was not long enough. Like the, you know, just you know, I mean, to be honest. Uh, right, but but know, that's not. But the, it was it was essentially the same lineup in the regular season anyway. But there, but yeah, I know when they were mashing in the beginning, in the second half they were a little down. But uh, well, look at Aaron Judge. Season, Aaron Judge never I, had I a know. down spell. So how come his down spell comes in the postseason all of a sudden? Well, you know, well, we all know why. Uh, one of the reasons because you're not facing bad pitching anymore. You're facing good good pitching, and I know you can say it about the other team too. But the difference. Uh, the, the, the Yankees and the Mets are still good teams. I'm sure they're going to have both great off seasons. And uh, I'm telling you, Sal, are you there? Yeah. Well, how are you sure the Yankees are going to have a great off season? Well, I, I think they will. I, uh, let's not. Uh, I'm not a Yankee fan. I don't care what they do. But I, I don't. I can't believe uh, how it's going to just let this thing go. It eventually, he's going to have to try to do something different. But let me. I'm going to tell you something real quick, and hopefully, it happens next year. There's going to be a time. When the Astros and the Braves are going to have to pay for what they're doing to our New York teams. Thank you, Sal. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd like to see it. That time is not now. It wasn't last year. It wasn't the year before that. I mean, when exactly is that going to come? When have the Mets ever got the better of the Braves? They haven't had a long rivalry. It was just 99 through about 2001, and... The Mets didn't, I mean, the Mets got to the World Series in 2000. They didn't beat the Braves on the way. This year, the Mets didn't get the better of the Braves yet again. Mets have never gotten the better of the Braves. I mean, you want to go back to the 80s, it wasn't a rivalry. So I'm waiting on that. And the Yankees and Strohs, going back to 2015, Dallas Keuchel. 2017, cheat or not, they won. 2019, and now it's even worse, getting swept. Marco, have you recovered? From the sweep? Oh, yeah, I feel great. We have not talked about it. I gave him too much credit, Sal. I said five. Yeah. I gave him too much credit. <laughs> no, that's right. You didn't have a good feel going in. It's just hard It's an for awful me. matchup. Awful. Uh, yeah, why? Because one team's good, the other's not? But basically, yeah. I mean, what is... They, they got exposed. Yeah. I'm still brainwashed from the 90s. As somebody who hated those teams and would have given anything to see them out, mm-hmm. they just kept winning. Right. So I, I know it's different now. But I can't let myself get to the point where I'm like, okay, well, they're not any good. Especially when I start to see some success, like the start to their year. Or then the close to their year, where they put away the the Rays and won the division. And even beating the Guardians, it's like, all right, maybe this is going to be their year again. I brace myself for it. But in reality, I know better. They were never this no, good. they never were. Even when they were dominating earlier in the year. And I know you looked at me like I had three heads Fleegs did a couple of times, too. I was saying this before they went into their swoon. They were masking a lot of deficiencies. This team was never as good as their record was. I give them credit for getting where they got to. They, You get 99 wins, you get 99 wins. You win the division, you get to the ALCS, you deserve credit for all that. But bottom line, all of it got exposed. Their bullpen was always leaky. It was always a bunch of guys that you did not really trust. Their lineup was a bunch of guys that did not have good approaches. Like, I'm not... 
I'm not one to go back to like the 30. Like I'm not looking to bun everything. Everybody's got to be hit and run. Yeah. Just, like stop. It's not gonna be scrappy. You need to hit home runs to be able to win in this game. That's the way the and game is built played to now. do it. They are, but they're built to do it against bad pitching in the regular season over 162, where you can expose people's underbelly, bad bullpens, fourth and fifth starters, bad days. Mm-hmm. That's what this team does. They are not built to hit good pitching because every one of their guys has the same exact approach. They guess they're behind the fastball. Right. They're out in front of the breaking ball. You can guess against a guy that's throwing 92 or a guy that doesn't know what he's doing, and you can set him up. You cannot guess against the best and the most elite pitchers in the game, and that's what everybody in this lineup does. And don't you think that that's uh, a byproduct of the guy who's making the decisions, bringing the players in, the flaws yeah. in the organization, and Cashman? Yeah, because at some point you got to look around. And I'm not good, big on like the hitting coach and stuff, but at some right. point it's a philosophy. It's an organizational philosophy. If it's the same stuff, they keep bringing in the same guy. And you know why? Because over 162, it works. Right. But it doesn't work and when it's hoping, a small sample. Right. They're hoping they roll the dice. All oh, the postseason's a crapshoot. And that that's nonsense. Right. Like I'm sorry, it's nonsense. Why are the are the Astros in six straight ALCSs? It's a crapshoot now. It's was, a crapshoot that they got the four World Series in six years. Was it a crapshoot in the '90s? It's not. Better teams will step up in better spots because they're built for it. You did not build the proper roster. You build a bunch of guys that can hit over 162. They followed the Billy Bean money ball, and they are following it to a T. They're the Yankees. What happened to all those teams in the playoffs? They all lost. And what did Billy Bean tell you? Right. It's a crapshoot. Right. No, it's not. It's not a crapshoot. It's about teams having the right approach. And if you have everybody in your lineup 0-2 with second and third and one out, and they're still guessing for the fastball or the slider or the break, oh, I didn't realize he would throw me this pitch. You're not a good hitter. That's what it comes right, down to. Right, they don't to. have good enough hitters. You don't know what you're doing. You're good over the span of 162. You're not good when it's this at bat, this game, this inning. You get exposed because you're an average baseball player. And I hate to say it, like I don't want to pick on one guy, but like think of Nick Swisher and how important he was to those Yankee teams in 09. He was a guy that got on base. He, to me, is like the epitome of Moneyball. He's not a good average hitter. I hated Nick he's a Swisher. 230 hitter, but he walks a ton, and he's a guy that you want on your club. He's going to get on base at a 390 club. He would annoy the hell out of me as right. a teammate. But when he got into the playoffs, he got exposed. Why? Because he hit 230. They're not going to walk you in the playoffs. So when you hit 230 and then you get good pitching, now you're hitting a buck 80. And you're garbage. Do you have uh, an issue with the Yankees not being, you know, I said they're not the Yankees that I grew up hating anymore. They don't operate like They are, in fact, as I said, to start the year, the bronze bombers. They're settling for everything in the third place as opposed to going to get the top guys. What's happened here to the Yankees? That's part of it. They they got into the idea that, and I don't know if this is Cashman or Steinbrenner. I'm really, I'm, I'm at a loss. Is it Cashman thinking he's smarter than everybody? Or is it Steinbrenner saying you can't have Bryce Harper? You can't have the guy, the top guy on the market because I'm not spending that money. I don't know what the answer is in that regard. Well, I mean, they do spend right, money. So that's what I'm saying. But is it Hal saying you can't have Harper because I'm not spending $300 million? Well, because it, they just you just traded for, at that time, John Carl Stan. Well, it was a year later. That's what I mean. So is right. it Cashman saying we don't need this? Or is it Hal saying I'm not giving it to you? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. I don't know which but one. But to it be is. fair, any GM, you and I could go in there and say, "Well, yeah, let's just sign. Let's trade for John Carl Stanton, sign Bryce Harper, sign Garrett Cole. Like those are the obviously." I know, but it it that one move to me, that's the one move that they're missing. It's not. It wasn't Machado. Harper was the guy. He wanted to be a Yankee. Left handed. He was left handed into that stadium, and you're putting him between Judge and Stanton. What else do you need to know other than you're going to spend a lot of money right now? And it seemed like the Yankees had no interest in that. And again, is it Cashman saying, I don't need to do this? Or is it Hal saying, you can't do this? 
I don't know the answer to that. But that's part of it. Like they, the one guy to get him over the top, they've always been shy about pulling the trigger on that last guy. Whether it's making that trade, they settle. Uh, you know How what? do they not get Just, a shortstop Justin, this year? Right, Justin Verlander's on the market. We yeah. don't need that. We can go get Sonny Gray. Luis Castillo's on the market. We don't need that. We can get Frankie Montas. Oh, like, God. Is it Cashman saying, I don't need to do this? Because I'm going to prove. Steinbrenner saying, I'm not okaying the money that you're going to spend for these guys? Maybe both, but either way, it it's hasn't worked. Yeah, right. It hasn't it's worked. Stop. Something's got to change. And I think, again, you go back to those 90s teams. Everybody seems to think that those 90 teams, one, they didn't hit home runs, which is nonsense. And the other part of it was... They, they had big home runs. Right, they did. right but they had guys. I mean, like, oh, nobody hit 30. Yeah, but you had six guys that had 25. I mean, like, there's a difference there. They so, didn't get Jeffrey Mayer out in right field again. Maybe they'll start <laughs> hitting some more homers. But they always make it sound like those guys didn't walk. They were the first, you know, quote-unquote money ball, whatever. Stick Michael, that's what he did. Gene Michael looked out for guys that worked the count and could get on base and could also hit. You need <laughs> right. to be able to do both. That's right. the part that makes me nuts. Like Josh Donaldson, look, he's getting on base at a 40% clip. He's hitting 210. Right. They he don't can't care about hit that. In the yeah. big spot. Right. The only thing you can hope for is that he draws a walk. Well, what happens when they throw him pitches down the middle? He can't hit them. Yeah. You need to be able to do both. I'm not saying that's easy, but that's the approach because you need quality hitters that see pitches. It's hard to find, but when you find them, you keep them. Their their metrics system and evaluating players and what they need to bring in, it's just it's off and something needs to change. Do you have faith, real quick, before you get to the update, that they will, yes or no? No. Yeah, me neither. I think we're going to be sitting here saying the same thing. We're going to do the same thing. Tomorrow or this week, you're going to be doing the update saying how Starnbarner came out and said Brian Cashman's going to be here, a little extension, and Boone will be here as well. Can I give you one more little piece that tells you that all you need to know? Matt Carpenter, who I was screaming, you to said, 37, hasn't had in a bat in two months. Right. They're expecting too much for him. Do you know what the answer was afterwards? Good velocity on his swings in batting practice. I mean... Come if on. that doesn't tell you all you need to know, like I didn't even see who it. said that. Oh, yeah. Boone said that. Yeah. After the game, that's why they liked him. Yeah. There was the good velocity on his back. Good swings in, in the cage. These guys. Those are, are analytics. They're, they're, that I don't even, hear. they're even dumber than I thought. Those are analytics that I mean. Same seriously, thing. Does that do anything no, for look, guys? Not in the bat in two months. Oh, look, he's swinging it hard, and I don't care. Kiner Falef is a good defensive shortstop due to the metrics based in, on what metric? Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like. You can somebody. I, I got to go talk to these guys, Aaron. How about you try using your eyes? What's the matter? Do they not work. Why don't you use your eyes to evaluate? I could see that he's not a good defensive shortstop. You've been in the game since you were a little baby in diapers with your father, with your grandfather. He knows. You're te- of course he, he knows. knows. He's he got to know better, for goodness' sake. Enough with this crap. Boone should have some self-respect and say, "Damn it, let me manage. I know what I'm looking at here. Stop telling me what to do. Get out of my head. You want a winner? Get some real ball players in here. This guy couldn't field worth a squat." You're telling me the metrics say he's a shortstop? Get the hell out of here with that. I know what a shortstop is. Instead, we got to see Boone going up there saying, well, oh, no, we believe he's one of the better defensive shortstops in the game. Based on what? Because the computer guys are telling you that he is? They'll watch a game, for goodness sake. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.